So you're going iPad exclusively this week? Yeah, I, can't, I don't even think my computer has a charge. After after it almost killed after me. After it tried to kill me. <laughs> I haven't even opened it back up again since I've, to, since I've done that. It's terrifying. <laughs> you want to touch it. People will be like, how did Alex die? And I'll be like, dude, you got a Dell. when a sitcom could thrive just by having like a stupid side character right there'd be like the main family and then there'd be either the cousin or the neighbor or something that'd just be like barging into the house going dude yeah yeah it was like it was like what was the uh there was cody on step by step there was urkel on yep. family matters they all have their own little pop-in saying. Every 90s sitcom did. Oh, I mean, you could argue that Kramer was the, you know... Kramer was the iconic. god of the... But the uh, yeah, I'm not going to lump him into that category. That's yeah. th- that's disrespectful. Some of the best physical comedy of all time. Yeah, for sure. Know? I don't know why we're talking about Seinfeld right now. I don't know. We're just talking about... I don't know. How did we even get on that? Probably because I'm weirdly sleep-deprived because I started a new job this week. Yeah, I started a job at like a neighborhood restaurant this week, and working in uh, working late night is forcing me to flip my entire circadian rhythm. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough transition, <laughs> and it's not going well. You know, for basically the past twenty years, I've been waking up at five a.m. and I'm always like gassed by two p.m. at the latest. Yeah, and now yep. I'm going into work at five six in the evening, and my body just doesn't know what to do with that situation. Yeah, I don't know. I should probably be able to adjust. Should I? I guess people do that all the time. You, I think I'm it will. It's going to be about it, but, tough, but um, I think you should be able to. But my sleep deprivation isn't just my internal rhythm being off. It's also uh, expounded by the cats. Oh yeah, yeah. That are much much more entrenched in their um, in their rhythms than I am. Yeah, those and cats. So have I'm their up habits. at five a.m. now, no matter what. Yeah, even if you're in bed by 1 a.m., you're yeah, up at 5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been tough to get sleep this week for sure. So this might be a wacky episode. A lot of stuff happened this week. Yeah, it was a big week. Um, here's kind of a more neutral random headline from the Premier League this week. The league has announced that it's banning betting sponsorships as of next season. This isn't really, really news because um, the U.K. government had announced that it was planning on betting on banning betting sponsorships, I think, going into next season. So I think it looks like the Premier League did this to avoid government regulation, really. Yeah, yeah, just to get ahead of it. Right, right. And it's pretty funny. You know, we asked the question before that, you know, what, 30 40% of the teams in the league have betting sponsors? sponsors. Right? So is there going to be one new, like, sketchy industry that's going to step in and sponsor all these teams? Yeah, who's it going to be? What industry is it going to be? Yeah. I wrote down some ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have some uh, good yeah. ones? I mean, not really good ones. I put, like, alternative medicines, but that was kind of already pioneered by LA Galaxy with Herbalife. Oh, yeah, you know, Herbalife. The, like, such a Ponzi scheme. Yep. Um, 
an obvious one seems like energy drinks. I was going to say energy drinks. There's a like, million of them. Yeah. They're all tacky as hell. just yep. as tacky as the betting sponsor logos. They come and go. They're probably just as easy to launder money through as betting companies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? So yeah. I think that's probably the most likely one will be energy drinks. Obviously, Red Bull will be affronted. They'll probably turn up their noses at this. Yeah, no. <laughs> Red Bull only likes it if they can own an entire team, basically, and have their name involved in it right right um another option i thought was like maybe crypto of course you know you could see like oh yeah crypto logos although i don't TikTok. know if that's any sketchier than any less sketchy than betting tiktok social media social media companies social media is a good one yeah, yeah. um tiktok already sponsors rexum that's right um, yeah i had on here um i would like to see streaming services Oh, yeah. Just because I'm a streamaholic. Netflix. And I would love to have a legion. Yeah, a Netflix and HBO. Yeah. You know, a Paramount Plus team. I want to see a Peacock team. That'd be peacock my team. team I want Brentford to be a Peacock team. Yeah, dude. that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would, streaming services would be good. Right? It'd be funny. I would like that. I would like a Netflix one with a big, that big red N. It I want, would look good on some kits. I want HBO Max. HBO Max would be cool. I want Paramount H- Plus wouldn't be bad. Paramount Plus would be classy, dude. I think it would look pretty good Yeah, as a sponsor. Yeah. That's a nice logo, honestly. Nice It'll be really Paramount. interesting to see where these sponsors go for, for real. Like, right. Because so many teams have relied on the bet sponsorships for so long now. Yeah, it's true. It's been a nice like filler sponsorship industry for clubs that can't really attract bigger names. Like actual big-name sponsors. Anyway, there's been some big games this week. We should probably talk about football. There have obviously been some massive, massive sackings this week. Yeah, too. lots of manager um, movement. And I think we'll just tie the two together. Let's dive in with Crystal Palace 2, Leicester 1. Rough and tumble game. Yep. Not super pretty. Um, most importantly, at the end, Leicester fell into the relegation zone. When they did, I wondered at the time, I kind of I made note of a little tasteless joke. <laughs> I said, I wonder if, if Brennan gets relegated, I wonder if he's going to have to go back to his fat wife. <laughs> <laughs> For those who uh, don't know, uh, Brennan Rogers underwent like a really, really shameless and tasteless glow up when he got the Liverpool job. He yeah. clearly saw himself as moving up in the world. He lost about 40 pounds. Yep, he got, he got, a, he got he his got teeth done. Teeth. He got a spray tan. And he, he came back a whole different man. He lost his homely either uh, he lost his homely wife. Yep. And came in with some proper wag trash. Yep. yep. Um I, that's probably too harsh. I don't even know what his current wife looks I like. I don't either, but he but definitely like he went for a midlife crisis upgrade, full blown. Time. It was so funny. So I'm not just talking shit about his fat wife for it having a good joke along with it. No, no. I mean, he. it was just so funny because it was so obvious. He didn't do it slowly over time. He um, did it over like a summer. It coincided with a really, really gaudy documentary. Now we have these kind of cool documentaries, <laughs> the Amazon All or Nothing, the F1 Drive to Survive. Yeah. Um, the services very, like, have kind of figured out the formula. It seems like it. They're really hip. And now these leagues kind of want to play along. At the time, there was one called Bean Liverpool. Who was it produced by? Netflix? Oh, yeah. I think it was Netflix. I think it was Netflix. But it was bad. Because they did Sunderland too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was so bad. And Brendan Rodgers was the worst possible candidate to lead that. He was straight <laughs> up um, David Brent from The Office. Yeah, you know, Just yeah. like 
ultra, ultra cringe. Everything was a gimmick. Yep. All of his behaviors were so staged. And again, in the middle of all that, we had this midlife crisis just on full display. Just full on film yeah. captured forever. Anyway, I feel like we should... You I know, want to go back and watch. Kind of tally now. away from this, and I should kind of <laughs> cap it by saying I do respect Rogers as a coach. He's done a lot of really great stuff. He's yeah. just kind of a goofy dude. It's kind of interesting. I don't really know where it went wrong this year with Lester with him. Right. Um, you kind of in the back of my mind, I always assumed it would just work. Like they have decent players. Mm-hmm. Brendan's a good manager. They're just gonna comfortably cruise mid table. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, on NBC today when they announced it, I think Rebecca Lowe said they've kind of been sleepwalking into the relegation zone. And it's I think true. That's the perfect way to put it. Yeah, that is a perfect way to put it. And I think Rogers is a little bit. He's got precedent for that. You know, he is. He's so stoic. He always wants to exhibit such an air of control. Yeah. That he's afraid to admit that they're at panic stations. And he, he tries to play it so calm. He did the same thing at Liverpool when they were sinking under him. Yeah. He tried to play it so, so stoic. You know, he acted so surprised when he got sacked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it was out of nothing. Yeah. Even though it was clearly coming. Anyway. Uh, Brendan, I appreciate you getting sacked again, if only so I can recycle the Henri Carragher gif. As I will always trot out at the slightest opportunity, but this is actually a legit Yeah, that one actually fits perfectly. Yes. So thank you. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Brendan. We'll see you again soon, I'm sure. <laughs> Poor Brendan was even upstaged on his sacking day, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. With Poor that, man. We should move on to uh, Chelsea 0, Aston Villa 2. Yes. A really convincing win by Aston Villa. Yeah, Villa looked good. Unai a little bit more settled than uh, Grand Potter is at Chelsea. Yeah, Unai, I mean, he's a man for a big occasion. Yeah, Um uh, did you watch that game? You did. Yeah, yeah. I went back and watched it as well. And, man, Villa had a lot of chances. Ali Watkins had probably five chances in the first 15 minutes. I know. His finish, too, was really good, wasn't it? Fantastic. I loved it. Ugh, I feel like we've seen a lot of good lobs this year. Little Beautiful little dinks all over the it's place. It's the year of the lob. Yeah, I love it. It's back. Yeah, that's a classy, classic finish. And it's been happening all over the place. Right? I love it. Um, but, yeah, so Chelsea, Chelsea in trouble. And we did. They did something that we kind of predicted they wouldn't do. Yeah, I think if we went back through the timeline, if I really wanted to dive into the archives and do a cool edit, I could yeah. find a really steady degradation of my confidence in Grand Potter's day throughout. <laughs> At yeah. first, I was like, "There's no way they'll be dumb enough to to sack him right. before the summer." What we're alluding to, we should say outright, is that yeah. Grand Potter has been sacked as well. A little bit more of a high profile sacking than Brendan Rodgers at Le- at Leicester, and. I think it's a mistake still. You know, as I was just saying, we had growing confidence that he was going to be pushed out. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I think it's the right move necessarily, especially we're going to talk in a minute about how late in this in the season this is to do this. It's it's pretty strange. They're middle of the table. That's a bummer. They're not going to climb back up into the European places. They're not going to get relegated. Nope. So they had very little to lose. What people are already pointing to is the fact that there are a few candidates on the market. And again, we're going to circle back to that. But on Potter in particular, um, I think he deserved more time. It's kind of a bummer. And I think it shows a lot of naivety by Todd Bowley and the Chelsea management that they're impulsively jumping on other managers being in the market yeah, and when so, they've invested in Potter already. Yeah. That, you know? Yeah, they gave him a long-term contract. They showed a lot of confidence in him. They bought a lot of players. Right. Um, 
and that clearly there's a huge project to be on their hands there. There's a lot that has to turn over for that system and that those purchases to like make sense and work. Yeah, it was always going to take a long time. And yeah. I had assumed that ownership understood that, but now I'm starting to think that they don't. Right. So it seemed at first like Potter was a really, really smart long-term appointment. You yeah, know, I, I thought like, so. Oh, man, they're doing the right thing. Uh-oh, this isn't good. Um, but then when you saw their behavior in the transfer market, it didn't jive. They no, were super no. impulsive. They were buying the hottest targets of the moment. Yep. They really, really overbought in the front line, and they haven't balanced their team in the back. It really shows. We were laughing at the lineup when they showed it, it so and how hilariously unbalanced it was. And now it makes me think that Bowley wasn't really intelligently looking at Potter. I think he was just so naive that he saw him as a hot manager of the moment. Yeah. The same way that he sees Nagelsmann as a hot as manager a hot of the manager moment now. right now. Yep. I don't think that he had any more insight than that after all. I yeah. just gave him the credit for it. Yeah, we thought they finally did, made a smart you know? decision, and yeah. it seems like it was just a lucky guess. Right? It seems like that. It's pretty interesting. Like, how dumb is that? Maybe I'm just fantasizing about how dumb this guy can possibly be. I mean, we can only hope right? that he as, is truly this dumb. Um, huh. And the project does continue to do kind of what, you know, United's been doing for a while. Right. And like just cycling through managers, hot managers and buying a bunch of players that don't quite fit. Yeah. Spending way too much. Spending too much money. Until um, an owner gets fed up. Yeah, exactly. So now, <laughs> remember, I've been complaining about Liverpool having to play Chelsea three days after City. Yep. Now Liverpool get to find out. If Chelsea were on strike under Potter, if those players just didn't respect him, yeah. maybe that was the reason he had to go. We'll see if there's a major bounce. Yeah. Or we'll see if it's just a genuine mess, as it seems to be. Yeah, and it wasn't Potter's fault at all. I don't. A new manager's not going to come in and magically balance that squad, I'll tell you that. No. No, there's no fixing that squad overnight. Anyway, Potter being gone is part of a trend, as we alluded to earlier. Um, it's really, really strange to have a, a series of managerial cullings this late in the season. Yeah, this is super, super late in the year. It's um, like climate change is affecting managerial, uh, <laughs> the managerial merry-go-round yeah, as well. Yeah. Seasons are shifting. The harvest is shifting and the manager <laughs> sackings is shifting along with it. Right? Um, so it is we, bizarre, though. We were speculating that, uh, whether it's happening just because there's a lot of talent on the market at the moment. Yeah, there are a ton of managers available, so that right does obviously make things easier for a manager to sack their yeah. current manager. So did Bowley just get nervous and, and, and jump the gun and pull the trigger? So a quick list of everybody that's on the market. We've got Pochettino, Julian Nagelsmann, Antonio Conte, uh, Luis Enrique. Those are the most common names batted around, but we yeah. also got Zinedine Zidane out there floating. Yep. Although I think it would take quite a project to lure him. I don't think Tottenham stand much of a chance. I don't think, yeah. I don't see anyone who has who needs a manager right now fitting him. I know Spurs fans had their eyes on Nagelsmann. It seems like that ship might have sailed. Yeah, they might lose out to Chelsea Rumor now. she's already en route to Chelsea. Which is not shocking, to be fair. No, I mean, uh, it would explain the impulsivity of, of Bully, you know, like we just talked about. Yeah. But it still paints him in a negative light in terms of long-term ownership quality Absolutely. in my eyes. I don't see anything drastically changing quickly with Nagelsmann at Chelsea. Right. I don't think it's going to just flip the, flip the switch and they're going to be good again. Well, I think it's really funny because they just got rid of Tuchel because of personality conflict. We talked yeah. about this at Bayern Munich. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Bayern Munich, we were laughing. They got rid of Nagelsmann because he's a strong personality and there are a lot of conflicts. And then they hired They Tuchel. just swapped <laughs> managers and they both have the same personalities. They're yeah. both really, really difficult kind of maverick managers yeah. that are going to demand to be the alpha in the room at all times. Yeah. We'll see how that jives with ownership. But it's funny. I think they both swapped the same asshole. Yeah. In just different Pretty skins. much. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that Sunny episode where they're at the market and he's like, that's the same fish. They just passed the same fish back and forth. It's like, that's exactly what they just did. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. This episode of Soccer Situations is brought to you by Littlefoot Coffee. I mean, what can I say about Littlefoot Coffee? Um, they're not just friends of the pod. They're family of the pod, quite literally. Um, Alex started Littlefoot years ago after more than a decade of roasting experience, um, roasting coffee for some of the hottest, most fashionable, and uh, most importantly, tasty specialty coffee roasters in America. My favorite thing about it is that it's just really high-grade coffee without a drop of pretense. You're not going to find a bunch of weird, savory notes that the roaster is passing off as intentional. It's just really sweet, comforting flavors that everybody wants in their coffee. And now, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com. Promo code SITUATIONS. Once again, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com using the promo code SITUATIONS. Oh, man. Yeah, meanwhile, I'm over here stewing because Liverpool fans never appreciate FSG. And despite Liverpool getting trounced by Manchester City 4-1 this week, have we seen Klopp get sacked in some kind of stupid impulsive rage? No. Because FSG know what they got. Yeah, they know they have a good manager, and they just they just have to. I mean, it's a rebuild. Yeah, I gotta knock on something, dude. That's too big of a jinx for me to even not be superstitious about. Right about him getting (laughs) sacked in like a week. The net and it's announced (laughs) right now. Of course, there were a lot of dramatic headlines about the chasm between Liverpool and City this week. Um, Yeah, I I saw those. I saw it when I was watching the game. Of course, you're watching that and you're seeing that Manchester City are a better football team than Liverpool right now. Yeah. It's but not, is that a surprise? This no. team is it's a this Liverpool team is so depleted. It's you, we don't need to overthink it more than that. Yeah. Um the story has been told Klopp pushes this team to the breaking point to keep up with City and then the team breaks and it takes a season or two to fix it and put it back together. Yep. So you need, you need to re some refreshing some some healthy players with the Yeah. I got to ad- adopt, you know, like there's always next year. This <laughs> that kind of yeah. attitude, you know. Got to be yeah. like a Cubbies fan. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously like European places are pretty important. Like, right. If you can at least hold on to Europa League spot, that's crucial. Mm-hmm. We talked about your age and squad, right? And and like in key positions. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a big rebuild. You know, Klopp has also you know if I'm going to be an optimist, he's made some pretty strong statements by his standard that deals are being done in the background. He said. Literally, we are busy. There are a lot of talks happening. So I'll take that in a, in a good light. Um, also, I'm just more zen about it these days. I don't know if it's the fact that I've seen darker days. I've seen us out of Europe for a long time. Yeah, you know, I've yeah. seen us floundering in Europa League and been grateful for Europa League. And um, also, I think the fact that there's so much money in the league now and there's actually way more competition for these top, top four spots. Yeah. 
takes some of the pressure off too. I think we all have to just accept that no matter how good we are, there's going to be a rotation of Champions League teams in the Premier League at this time. Yeah, you know, there's there's going to be seasons where you're not in it now. Right. You can't just guarantee being in it every year anymore. There's too much power in the league. Unless we can bully UEFA into giving the Premier League eight slots. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, um, which I wouldn't rule out either. Yeah. If, if La Liga and uh, Serie A go Super League, yeah. you could see UEFA just being like, okay, All right, okay. Premier England League gets spots. eight Champions League spots. Yeah, right. Right. Why not? I'm for it. In fact, I probably just predicted the future, actually. I know. I hope. I mean, I'll take that over any of the Premier League teams joining a Super League yeah. all day long. 100%, dude. Yep. Um, I feel like I've been ranting a lot. Why don't you talk about Arsenal a little bit? We can talk about Arsenal leads. Um, so obviously City um, beat Liverpool in the early kickoff. So everyone was ranting about pressure, the pressure being back on Arsenal to perform. And to be fair to Leeds in the first half, it wasn't easy. Leeds made it hard on them, um, had some chances. Uh, Ramsdale played well. Um, God, it's nice having a good keeper. Yeah. Like it's been not that Leno wasn't a good keeper. We were just a really bad team at the time, but we've been through some nightmare keepers. Say you have had some bad keeper years though. So you know what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some really bad keepers over the year. Like when we're looking at, uh, an aging Petr Cech as one of our best keepers in the last few years, right? Like that's, that's not a good sign. Yeah. The Almunia era was pure slapstick. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor Almunia. He was a nightmare. He looked straight out of train spotting, and he kind of played like it. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, he cost us some pretty big games. This unfortunate stuff. But yeah, in the end, Arsenal turned it up in the second half. It took us getting a bit of a dodgy penalty to start the scoring. Jesus went down fairly easily. Um, he There was clear contact in the replay on his knee, but he was kind of heading down and looking for it. Um, yeah, <laughs> that contact was definitely just a loophole. Yeah. He was diving yeah. in it. He caught... I think he got lucky that the contact <laughs> happened. Exactly, dude. Um, he got to get out of jail free card for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he got back on the scoring sheet uh, with a penalty, which, you know, I hate the way it happened, but I, you know, it's great for us for as far as getting him scoring again. And let's be honest, in terms of dodgy penalties it's not in the top five most dodgy we've seen this year so yeah let's true. not gripe about it's it true. too much Leeds no I, I mean i love jay-z's i just right. you know i i hate when my own team does stuff like that right right um so it's hard to but yeah it was definitely not the dodgiest penalty we've seen right but yeah arsenal kind of controlled the game after that um i think Leeds still look dangerous occasionally um ben white had a super funny goal it's funny because it looks like a really good goal, but he came really close to missing. He comes in late in the back post and he hits it and he's he's probably like he three yards it? out yeah. and it goes straight off the underside of the bar and in. He sliced it straight up. Yeah, it could have easily missed <laughs> if he was just slightly further away from goal. No, dude, um, he roofed it. Uh but no, I love I love a Ben White goal. He knows that optimum drama is down off the bar and in. It's true. So it's true. He, and look at that guy's face. That guy tell loves me he drama. doesn't love drama. Yeah. <laughs> The earring, the tattoos, the tan. He's a beautiful man, Todd. I feel my blood pressure rising. He's like a Not boy. Not in a good way. I love about it, dude. He's like a boy band. <laughs> He's like a boy band. I love him. Yeah, bad boy band. Yeah, the best ones, though, Todd, are the bad ones. <laughs> He's a bad boy. Pop. <laughs> right. Yeah, got another Granite Xhaka goal to finish it off. 
always funny. I love Jaka scoring. Yeah, and they they're often emphatic and they look really really natural. Yeah. Sometimes when he scores, he looks like a number nine. Yeah, he's his finishing touch is unbelievable. Isn't at it times. funny? Yeah. Um, and lately this one has been like kind of his specialty, like the running into the box like late and heading it in, like a wide open header. Right. Like time well timed run with a header like. He kind of loves scoring that goal right now and doing his <laughs> funny little celebrations afterwards. Yeah. So Trossard had another assist in this game. Um, I think he's on like seven or eight now. That was either seven or eight. I saw seven, the stat, come up during the game. Did okay. he only get one this game? He only got one then in the game. Then it was seven, yeah. Okay, so he's yeah. on seven. I love the raccoon, man. Uh, Yeah, what if he's been unbelievable. <laughs> so he, he was asked, Mikel was asked in the press, press conference. He's like, uh, you know, Trossard's on seven assists now. Um. In your, could you ever dream this up when signing him in January? And McKellar responds with, "I have some wild dreams." <laughs> it's just like fucking weird ass McKell response. McKell does have wild dreams. You know he's into BDSM. Yeah, he's a weird dude. There's right? some, something weird going on behind oh, that. Oh, he has a sex dungeon, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Tell me that guy does not. He's, uh, you know, he has a really, really probably a seven step skin cleaning regimen too at home oh my god like and, and mo- moisturizing routine he's like chris Traeger, man he's gonna be the one who lives to 150 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's gonna that's gonna be mccall and his house his hair is still gonna be jet black yeah i, I do like trissard though i like how he looks like kind of a funny little i don't want to be disrespectful but he does he, he does like have a, raccoon eyes. he looks like a sidekick <laughs> i was thinking he looks like a sidekick and then that led me to the thought that he looks like a sidekick from the tick Oh my god! <laughs> you know how they're like normal guys that just kind of have a little costume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he is kind of like, he is the sidekick right now for Arsenal. You yeah, know? he's but, got seven assists since yeah. he's joined. But again, yeah, in the most respectful way, he's been fantastic. Oh, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, I'm super impressed with him and super happy. I mean, just as an Arsenal fan, this is as good as you could hope for. A four-one win. Trossard assisting again. Jesus had two goals. Being super sad he didn't get to stay on for three. Yeah, being really mad when he got pulled off because he didn't get his hat trick. That guy's sad face that already looks like a dramatic teddy bear sad face. Yeah, Jesus' face is one that's hard to love. His sad face is so cartoonishly sad. I hate it. It is. It's insane. (laughs) He, like, the slightest sadness looks like someone's just shot a puppy in front of him. Right? It's insane. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. Good stuff. Keep the keep the points gap the same at the top. Also, just something about seeing a seven in front of our number now instead of uh, the six. Yeah, like we're a seventy-two. So oh, I love 64. that. Like oh, something yeah. about that feels so secure. Oh, I think that every single time <laughs> it feels when I so see that. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you're up in the next the next deca. I yeah, I don't know if that's the phrase. I don't know, but, uh, but it's very satisfying to look at. Yep. Totally like, enjoy oh, it. That feels. I gotta enjoy it. Well, like, well. You know lasts. that's why like car dealerships price everything blank ninety nine. Yeah, and like it's a retail thing. Everything is uh, ninety nine. Yep. Because you put it down in the lower number and it feels so much lower. Yeah. It's yeah the in the vision, lower hundred. You can't help it. Just it's human nature for right? us to see that. Mm-hmm. Arsenal are selling you something right now. They are selling me something. They're selling me potential dreams, hopes, and dreams right now, Todd. Right. But we need to talk about today's massive game, Manchester United Newcastle. and Newcastle. I felt it and called it last week a big, big Newcastle win. Yeah. And I did think the scoreline was going to be bigger than this, but I'm still proud of that call. Yeah. Um, because anyone who watched that game saw in the first half, Newcastle could have been up by five. I was going to say, it could have been a big scoreline. Super line. unlucky that it wasn't a five or six nil. Yeah. Yeah. Newcastle, 
I, I, I smelled it in the air last week, and I think it's kind of official. Yeah. They, they got their juice back. Yeah, it seems they like they had a, a moment. slump, and they seem to be back. They had a like they had their lull moment, and now they're they're hitting their stride again. Yeah, they, they took it to United. Right. Um, I don't think that's going to result in 10 hog sacking. No, no. But it's a setback for United. I think United are winless in three right now. So And Brentford next so yeah that's huge exactly that brings us to wednesday which um the two teams we just mentioned newcastle and manchester united both have both big play. games united face off against brentford again at home but brentford dangerous as hell yeah um brentford does like to play at home so that might you yeah know, that might help united here a little bit United definitely need to like want to bounce back after this so we'll see they tend they to show up i think they're probably gonna do exactly that I'd like to see a Brentford win. Excuse me. Obviously, I'd like to see a Brentford win here, but I think United are going to bounce back from that for sure. Yeah. I don't think, or Newcastle are going to alter their result whatsoever. Yeah. I think they're going to just steamroll West Ham. Yeah. In the form they're in right now, I think they're just going to easily walk over West Ham. Right. Um, Even though West Ham's home, right? It's at. Yeah, it is at West Ham. Okay. But I think, uh, I think those. The Toon Army is going to go there and just trounce them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they look up for it again suddenly. I saw someone suggest today that West Ham and Leicester fans would accept a managerial swap. Brendan Rodgers going down to West Ham and Moyes jumping up to Leicester to try and keep them up. That would be interesting. Le- Rodgers trying to elevate West Ham to a new level. Yeah, right? It kind of makes that sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't remember where I saw that proposition, so apologies if I stole that from anybody. Yeah, it's very interesting. But though. um, I, I thought it was an interesting thought. Yeah. It does kind of make sense. Seems like a gimmick headline, but it makes sense. Yeah, it would totally make sense. Right? Should we look ahead to midweek? Yeah. We've got a lot of big midweek games, actually. I'm going to start with Bournemouth and Brighton. Bournemouth resurgent, victorious again at the weekend. Yeah, the, yeah, huge victory for them. Moving out of the relegation zone. At home to Brighton, but Brighton might be a little bit too much of an ask for them, though. Brighton's a tough ask for anybody right now. But yeah, you don't know. Bournemouth at home, the crowd's going to be behind them. They've been, had some good results. You know, as we said a couple episodes ago, this awesome ultra, ultra wide, tight Relegation battle means almost every game is big. You look at this list and you're like, Leeds, Nottingham. This is huge, 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 huge relegation battle. Leicester Villa. Below that, Leicester Villa. Villa aren't in the mix, but this that that just puts so much pressure on Leicester. They have to win this game. Yeah. Massive and then, pressure. And then at the end of Tuesday, we have a traditional big game, um, Chelsea-Liverpool. Although this is ironically probably the most scrap. boring mid-table scrap of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We said this last time and it ended up being the... Dullest nil-nil drive ever seen in my goddamn life. So let's not curse it again. Let's hope that Chelsea being managerless and Liverpool needing a bounce off of getting thumped um, creates some kind of chaos in this game. Yeah, you got to think it's two motivated squads, if anything. Yeah, Liverpool's midfield is tapped out. Even the (laughs) kids are out. Bastage done for the season. We had nobody from in midfield. I don't know who's going to play. The Ox. Um, Ox, that's right. Ox is going to play. It's so funny that I was joking about how did I forget about Ox yesterday. Yeah. And, I, and since yesterday, You've I forgot about him again. again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not even going to. I missed my prediction on Chelsea-Liverpool. Uh, I mean, on Manchester City-Liverpool. I predicted a draw, so I'm not even going to try and predict this one. Because <laughs> Liverpool, it's just pointless to try and predict yeah, that Yeah, who right knows now. which way that's going to go. You know? 
spots, but is the Dice effect still happening? I don't know. I was watching Everton really closely when they were in the relegation zone because I'm an asshole. And then he came in and pulled them out of it, and I kind of lost interest. I was like, oh, Everton's safe now. I, right. can, I can stop watching. So I don't know if they're actually playing really well, if they have a chance here to come and snatch a point. Um, could yeah, be. I haven't, I've kind of lost track of that as well. Yeah. I haven't really been – I think like with the international break, I feel like I've I got to go back and get a refresher on where all these other teams are at. For real. If we're being honest, for real. Sometimes yeah. you got you to gotta do that. Take a look around the league. Yeah, because it's easy to get caught up with just focusing on one small section of the league and what's happening, like the title race or wherever your team's at. Right. Um, or just watch the teams you like. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do watch, I think, more football than the average person on any given weekend. <laughs> yeah. But I do have a tendency to choose. skip teams that I really d- dislike. Yep. Um, you know. It's hard not to. But... This is one of those fixtures that I love where I, I happen to dislike both the teams quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. So I can just watch in pure shot in Florida. Yeah, it's just guaranteed entertainment. Yeah, exactly. No matter what kind of chaos happens. It's one of those, it's um, a magic loophole where even if the game is bad, you can enjoy it because you can say, God, these teams are so shit. This is one of the worst <laughs> games I've ever seen. Exactly. <laughs> then you're enjoying that, right? <laughs> what amazing. else? Catch? Oh, Brentford, Newcastle. Brentford, Newcastle. That's got to catch your eye. Yeah, that's going to be huge. We'll see how Brentford does, I guess, against United midweek. So right. they got back-to-back big games for them. Um, but we'll see. If they can. They could take points off both those teams. Right. Brentford at home, especially, for, for Newcastle. That's going to be tough for Newcastle. Yeah, it was sort, be a of, true test. sort of daydreaming earlier this week that, you know, well, if Liverpool can't be in the Champions League, it sure would be cool if Brentford could make it. Right. You know, it would be really, really cool kind of fairy tale. And what if th- Brentford picked up six week, points here? And this then... week could define it. If they picked up six points at Man U and Newcastle, I would start to believe. Yeah, honestly, that would be amazing. I mean, what a story that would be. Right. Um, I'd love to see it happen. Honestly, I mean, it's very hopeful, but I just got really excited about it. I just talked myself into it. Getting hyped up on Brentford <laughs> being in the Champions League. <laughs> I did. I, I did. mean, it would be amazing to see Brentford in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would love it so much, dude. I'd be a full-blown bandwagoner. Yeah, right? Second team. Second Jump teams on. are legit, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Um, let's move down a little bit to Tottenham hosting Brighton. Manager list Tottenham. Well, no, no, no. They have the Italian guy. He stayed behind. Oh, yeah. They left one Italian behind. <laughs> like all Italians, you leave one of your cousins behind. Yep. Just yep. Kind of <laughs> to watch over I think things. That's a, is that a stereotype? Sounds like it. Yeah. We're Italians, people. So we could say I feel like things. I need to stay that at least once yeah. on the podcast if we're going to talk badly about Italians. <laughs> Which we will do. <laughs> Our grandparents were fresh off the boat. Anyway, uh, I picked Brighton here. Yeah, I think Brighton will be. Tottenham here. have not been convincing with or without a manager. Yeah. Yeah, unless, like like you say, unless, like, the team really hated Conte so much that they're just, like, happy as shit that he's gone. They kind of did, but this is also Conte's guy. Is he going to flip the team around? That is true. That it, is true. What if he is a – he could be a rebel. He could be secretly – Um, I mean, Maybe he, he was helping push Conte out because he wants the job. It's the Ted Lasso plot, dude. It's the assistant manager that's secretly bitter that nobody respects him, yep. and he's going to go do his own thing, and he's going to make it his own statement. Yeah. You know? Exactly. But no, honestly, with Brighton, I just think Brighton are too good. Exactly. We don't really need <laughs> to talk about Tottenham. To. This Brighton team is legit. I think they, Brighton's they so good. Can go up against any team in the league on their own merits at the moment. Yeah, I mean that. No, they, absolutely. They really can. 
Oh boy, Alex. Look at Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> it's a big one. That's wrapping up Liverpool's epic week of misery. Hosting Arsenal. Hosting Arsenal. Hey, at league. least you're hosting. You're at Anfield. The Apparently league you guys can play there. No, we do. Apparently you guys can there. play football still when you play at Anfield. It's true. If things play to form, we will lose at Chelsea. And, and we're, we're going to pick Arsenal. up those three points at Arsenal. We're really going to tighten up this title race. I know. You're going to make it fucking sweaty all the way to the end. Listen, we're going to do it for the drama. Liverpool fans love some melodrama. No. You guys need to take a break. Very Hurt dramatic some more club. Of your players. We choose our anthem from musicals. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that rounds out the weekend. And it's, a, it's awesome and big. And I'm it's mad massive. that I have a job again. Um, luckily, I have a a service industry job now so all i have to do is pull my ass out of bed because i never work till five or six o'clock at night so i can actually watch all these games yeah yeah it works out well it works out incredibly well and my sleep deprivation will lead to uh looser podcasting too yeah it's a side effect (laughs) um but yeah arsenal liverpool is big i think uh i mean i've seen a ever like a lot of pundits saying like this this moment is truly the test for arsenal if they can go away to anfield and win then the title should be theirs right can you think back to how you felt before liverpool arsenal in the fall and tell me like do you feel noticeably more confident this time than you did then or were you already really confident on that day i don't think i was confident back then i don't think i'm ever confident playing liverpool (laughs) yeah i know what you mean Um, i still feel that way about united even though we've beaten them like 32 to nothing yeah i don't know we've had We've had some brutal, brutal results against Liverpool, um, in in big moments and seasons too. Um, so this one's definitely making me nervous. Um, but I do, I do kind of, I don't agree that it's like the title's over. But this is one of the biggest hurdles we have. Right. Um. Obviously, we have to play City still. City, like City's result alone, doesn't affect the title. You know, we can lose to City and still win the title. It's mm-hmm. everything else around it that is is going to make it tense. Um, and this is definitely probably the biggest uh, biggest hurdle we have left, or one of the biggest hurdles we have left. So, yeah, I'm excited for it, though. Yeah, let's end on that awesome note. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to? How long are we in here? Um, we're at a good length, but we can keep going. I was going to say, we, we could do that. We could do a quick chat on Flo Balligan. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, so we're going to do a little U S men's national team talk, not something we're, uh, known for over here. We're really pandering to the base this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is a big deal, I think. Um, and as an Arsenal fan, obviously this is kind of, you know, we're somewhat involved in this or like have some interest in what he chooses to do. Um, so Florin Balogun is an Arsenal Academy player who is playing in France currently on loan. And he's the second, I think he's the second leading scorer in France right now. He was the leading for a long time. Yeah. And Mbappe, I think did Mbappe eventually overhaul him. him. Um, but there's a lot of excitement around him and he notably was pretty upset when he was left out of the England squad, um, in over this last international break. Uh, he posted some things that just said, like, go where you are wanted. I think people were a little uh, <laughs> reading between the lines with that, saying he, he like doesn't to be. want to be at England because they snubbed him. I mean, I think that's if there's one way to take that, I think that's the way to take it. Yeah. It definitely doesn't mean the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so. I think we are critics of Southgate here. Like, Yeah. I think he makes terrible decisions all the time. Um, ben White. 
has been in the form of his life at Arsenal and also didn't get a call up to the England squad. Right. Again, for the broader listeners, England had a tradition of being a little bit of an old boys club, very much a traditionalist culture in their soccer culture. Southgate was kind of heralded as, you know, the man that didn't want the throne. He was going to be a revolutionary, bring in a he more, wasn't gonna a be more part diverse of the old roster club. of players, break up the yeah, He'd break start up the club, integrating younger players, into and the and squad. most importantly, pick players on merit. Yeah, um, but as as he's gone on, sure enough, he's kind of reverted to type. There's clearly no merit in the selections he makes at this time. He he makes the safest picks imaginable, basically. Yeah. Which I think at times even gets him into hot water. He's even going too safe to where even England fans are getting mad about it. Oh, definitely. I think the average England fan thinks he's too conservative. He's so conservative. It's ridiculous, um, especially considering the talent level at that that they have. Right. Um, There's a lot of kids out there worth rolling the dice on right now yeah. in England. And I think Balogun was one of them. Um, and simple, simple is also if you call up Balogun – you've now locked him in as a England international. Because once he makes his England debut as a senior player, he can't change right. his uh, selection. So, yeah, so, I mean, it was it's a stupid move in so many ways for Southgate to not call up Balogun at this moment. Um, and, you know, it, you can say, like, the you know, the only critic thing you could say is, like, oh, he's a young player, um, he still has plenty of time to earn his team, his chance in the England team. Right. Um, but also, he's kind of has shown it. He's done it already. Right. He's scoring goals regularly as a in like a major European league. Right. And the kind of England traditionalism we were just talking about. We're kind of maybe I don't think we're exaggerating it, but um, there's already people in his age range established in the England squad and yeah. it's going to be tough for him to break that up already. It's true. Like those yeah. clicks have been established. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you would say there's going to have to be a new Harry Kane soon, but right. Um, you know, Balogun clearly doesn't want to wait for that. Um, and I haven't seen any official announcements yet, but, um, it's all but said and done at this point. I think that he's going to join the U S men's national team, which, is actually really a huge deal for the U.S. Um, they have a super young team right now that's kind of kind of exciting. But the one thing that that U.S. team has always lacked is an out and out number nine striker that can score goals. Yeah, we've never had uh, a graceful, kind of impressive goal scorer. Yeah, like we were talking, Josie Altador never really hit his peaks. Uh, like Landon Donovan. Yeah. Um, was it Brian McBride? Like all of these guys had their moments, mm -hmm. but none of them have ever been like a true talent that like is a leading line, like leading star, right? Star in like not only he'll be a star in Europe and a star for the U.S. national team on the on like the biggest stage, right? Yeah, I don't know all of those American uh, strikers you named. I don't know if it's just because I have a lot of issues with U.S. soccer. Yeah, but they all they're all like kind of dirt kitey kind of strikers yeah you know what i mean yeah is he the missing piece for the states Are yeah we gonna well, start it, seeing some trophies outside of Concacaf. yeah like it'd be <laughs> interesting to see if they can actually i mean it's huge timing wise because the the shared world cup is coming up right which is another huge reason why 
Balogun is probably wanting to join the U.S. because the U.S. get a guaranteed spot in the World Cup because they're hosting. Yeah, that's going to be so cool. Um, Remember the time stupid Chicago declined a game? Yeah, I can't believe that. It makes me so angry. The dumbass things that Chicago spends its money on and they didn't want a and World Cup game. And they didn't want a World Cup game. Dunk, ding dongs, dude. So annoying. Um, they had to build a new $100 million police academy instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, man. Okay, side but, yeah, no, that yeah. So it's a big chance for Balogun. Um, I think it's to be a huge get for the U.S. national team. Um, yeah, unprecedented in the forward line, I would say. Yeah, I mean, who would like? Not long ago, you would never see a player who's prominent or like any kind of considered a top talent in Europe considering playing for the U.S. team over anyone else. No, they'd have if he to has be, a chance at England. They would have to be pretty far down the line. Yeah. yeah. So I think it does say a lot about what maybe what the U.S. national team has going on because um, he seems he does seem genuinely interested in the project of, like, what's happening. Sure. Um, they have a lot of young talent, like I said. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's an exciting time for U.S. soccer, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah, it probably is. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite because I've said many times I don't really – uh, support U.S. soccer. I don't love yeah, it. I don't, I don't really love it really either. Of, but, um, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to watch and see if something happens here. Balogun will definitely make me watch U.S. men's soccer more. Yeah. So yeah. I'm all for it. Sure. I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. I'll watch it strictly to watch him play if he starts playing <laughs> um, as an Arsenal fan. And hopefully he, you know, is a long-term player for us because I think he is potentially amazing. Um, yeah, I like what I've seen. So, yeah. yeah, I think we can, we can wrap it up after that. I think that's enough Flo Balogun talk. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot here. <laughs> a lot of editing tomorrow, yeah. I think. Todd's going to be working <clears throat> on his day off. Oh, yes. That's cool. I do it for the love. Love of the game. I'm in it for the game, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to share the podcast with anyone you know that might have any interest. Yes, uh, please get more people involved. Like... Follow us on Instagram, please. It's soccer.situations. You know, I think it's pretty funny. I think the regular soccer situations yeah. was unavailable because I think I reserved that like years ago. Really? And you never you don't remember and, like how it's don't remember linked. what I yeah, how I registered it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, you stole your own name. So the Instagram is soccer.situations. Which is not bad. It's still pretty classy. Soccer, 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 soccer. situation. situation.